0: Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kercher.
1: And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to Icy YMI. In case you missed it.
0: Slate's podcast about internet culture. Big weekend, Rachel, for the internet culture. Big weekend.
1: I know, I know. I finally got the orthopedic house slippers that I've been meaning to get for a year now because, you know, my podiatrist said I shouldn't walk around without shoes on, but I didn't wear my Birkenstocks in the house. How did you know that's what happened?
0: That is exactly what I was talking about. Your new orthotic slippers. Yes,
1: they're very important. The entire internet needs to know about it.
0: I'm obviously lying. The Oscars did indeed have their big viral moment. Um, It was not what you or I guessed it would be last week on our show, Uh, but instead it was the moment when now Academy Award winner Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on stage, just in the middle of the show.
1: Some might say Chris Rock got his shit rocked. A friend of mine on Twitter said he got hitch slapped. Wow. (laughs) There's a lot of options here. Well, all we know is that Will Smith is about to get sent to hang out with his unseen uncle in Bel-Air for that.
0: (laughs) So for those of you who, like Rachel, didn't watch on Sunday or have been fully offline the last few days enjoying your comfy new slippers, on Sunday night during the live Oscars broadcast, Chris Rock walked out to present the award for Best Documentary Feature. And, you know, before he reads the nominees' names, he looks around the room, makes a couple of jokes at people's expense, and one of those jokes targets Jada Pinkett Smith, who is seated in the very front, right next to her husband, Will Smith.
1: Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane too. Can't wait to see it. All right. <laughs> so Chris Rock is making a joke here about Jada's look, which is that she's currently bald, Uh, And her very fair reaction is best described as a mixture of exhaustion, annoyance, and what looks like genuine hurt. This led to Will Smith deciding to walk on stage and open palm slap Chris Rock across the face. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me.
2: your fucking
1: mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a GI Jane jump. Keep
2: my wife's name out your fucking
1: mouth. I'm going to, okay? Importantly, that is the uncensored clip, which you would not have gotten if you were watching it live like Madison was, but if you were online at 11 p.m. like I was, you got those uncensored clips from places around the world like Japan and Australia, which shout out to y'all for not having the censor.
0: What's it like to live in a country that trusts its adult citizens to be able to handle the the drama of the Academy Awards in all their uncensored glory? I wouldn't know. So there are two clear reasons why Jada Pinkett Smith might be upset here, either because she is already annoyed with Chris Rock because she has dealt with her share of, you know, Oscar barbs from him in the past. So he hosted in 2016 and he made a joke about her skipping the award show during the year of Oscars So White.
1: Jada's going to boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting
0: Rihanna's panties. So that's one fun option. And then the other is that Jada Pinkett Smith has been very public about her struggles with alopecia, which is an autoimmune condition that can cause hair loss. And joking and laughing about her baldness, knowing that, is an incredibly poor taste. Whatever the reason, Will could
1: tell Jada was not happy and decided to do something about it and something he did. So now
0: we all have to do something about it. Write a piece, make a podcast. Send a tweet. Here we are. This is our something. So on the show today, we're not going to rehash the overanalyzed takes that have blown through our feeds over the past few days. Blown through, ripped through like a hurricane. But after the break, we will be getting into the discourse about the discourse that this moment generated. Talking about what it's like watching a media narrative take shape in real time and why we all spent those first few minutes after the slap heard around the world wondering, wait, was that a bit?
2: Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night.
1: And we're back. So, as I said, I was not watching the Academy Awards. So, when Chris Rock got slapped, all I saw was first a flurry of tweets saying,
0: what? 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 (laughs) Those tweets have actually continued right up until, you know, the day after when the Academy uh, responded by announcing that they condemn will smith slapping chris rock and are looking into further consequences uh, or as variety put it in a tweet that made me just snort like fully diet pepsi through the nose the academy is a nonprofit organization ruled by bylaws and sources say there appeared to be no provisions addressing open hand smacking across the face of the i'm sorry i can't even finish it it's so funny sources say there's no rules in the academy handbook about smacking people I just, the phrasing of
1: open hand smacking makes me wonder (laughs) if perhaps a closed hand fist,
2: a.k.a. a punch, would have been
1: fine. Also, had it been pre recorded, would have been okay. I have a lot of questions (laughs) about the specificity of this sentence, but none of them are going to be answered.
0: (laughs) Right. So, like we said, the question that has followed this lap for days now is just, what? And as soon as we understood what was happening... To some small degree. Twitter, right, immediately begins to fill up with takes. Everyone is very quick to share their own underanalyzed, in some cases, extremely underanalyzed in others, uh, (laughs) takes about what the slap means, capital M, or what it says, capital S, about violence and masculinity and celebrity. And it takes a minute for the good takes to appear. It really does.
1: I mean, I'm going to just say that the good takes were primarily the jokes made by Black Twitter, which were just mm-hmm. chef's kiss, absolutely gorgeous, no notes, please continue, in abundance. The jokes were great, but the immediate takes that when something like, we live in a society, we're tiring, but expected. <laughs> and I feel I must say here before we get into this, is that this is obviously not a... We hate takes podcasts because we are a podcast that does takes. This is a not all takes podcast. However, the takes <laughs> made in the just first say
0: not all takes.
1: But <laughs> well, listen, put it on a shirt. Not all takes. However, <laughs> the takes made in the first thirty-six hours, let alone the first fifteen minutes after an event, usually aren't that great because, like, who processes things that quickly enough to have a fully reasoned critical analysis of a situation that probably has something to do with, like, race and gender and masculinity. But you what? know what you don't need time for? Jokes. Rachel,
0: top of your head, best best joke of the night.
1: Oh, my favorite genre of jokes were all about Beyoncé because it is famously hard to get Beyoncé out of the house for anything, which is fair. Don't get out of bed for less than, I don't know, what Beyoncé requires, like a million dollars. Anyway... All of them were just like, y'all ain't never going to get Beyonce at the house after this. Like, y'all y'all being messy in front of Beyonce. My other favorite genre was, you got your shit rocked in front of Zendaya and Zoe Kravitz and you just let it happen? Like, that's hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we start seeing the jokes. We start seeing the takes because even the quickest of takes do take, you know, a little bit of time to write.
1: What happens next is something that I haven't seen happen before after a major cultural event which is there's the initial flurry of tweets jokes kind of joking takes there's there's this genre that's like they ain't never going to let black people back at the oscars after this that's a joke and then there's a second round of tweets and reactions as people start following up those initial tweets by saying they don't want to be included in anybody's twitter aggregation post they are even just directly deleting their earlier tweets so that some random news publication can't just hit embed and have it included in their article, which
0: is fascinating to me. So, Rachel, what you're describing, I think, when I think about it, the quintessential version of this is a BuzzFeed post, right? It's like yes. 15 tweets from the Academy Awards that have us gagged. And then that post will have, you know, 15 tweets that they pulled from the Internet. And I I do want to preface this by saying BuzzFeed is like the textbook example. But let those of us who live in, in glass media industry houses <laughs> <laughs> not cast the first stone. Because, you know, I, I've done it. You've done it. We've all yeah. done it. Like gathering up a bunch of tweets about a big thing that is really newsy and algorithmic catnip. To try and sum up public reaction is a just a bang up way to finish the traffic you need for the month in an hour.
1: It's also the quickest way to get a post about a news event up that is not just saying news event happened. So if you are, you know, at the whims of the traffic gods or demons, depending on how you consider that, you might just think, hey, what if I just took some viral tweets Right, perhaps Black Twitter reacts to X, Y, and Z thing and just, you know, hit a little publish. One of the ways that this post trope is deployed is by uh, predominantly white newsrooms, of which most most newsrooms are, who either don't have a lot of people of color on staff, don't have a person of color on staff who wants to write about the event, and just perhaps don't want to pay a freelancer for the sort of coverage they want. And so instead, they just aggregate a lot of tweets doing a kind of racial analysis of the event, in this case, the slap heard around the world, publish it and just say,
0: okay, we did it. It is sort of also interesting to me, like when you are in that position of writing that piece, like you're not the person with hiring power, right? Like Mm. I I don't pick who's in the newsroom. I can't commission pieces. I'm not an editor. And so the question then becomes... Is it better to try and embed a diversity of voices in those tweets or is there just no way inherently to create an accurate representation of the narrative being that I'm the arbiter? I mean, what you're
1: getting at is a kind of there is no ethical consumption under capitalism model, which is there is no ethical aggregating under... Under the current model of journalism, a lot of the leave me out of the aggregation tweets I saw actually were from black women. And that makes sense to me because not only has there been a kind of history of, again, as I said, newsrooms relying on tweets from black people rather than actually hiring them, never does your lack of diversity hit you in the ass harder
0: than when you need something quickly. I do wonder about the removal from the narrative requests we're seeing because- This actually works because this, to me, a human on the other end says, okay, no, I'll find somebody else. But I do, and I think you and I maybe don't agree about this. Twitter's public, baby. (laughs) You're going to tweet? People are going to take your tweets. You're not
1: wrong. The issue is the kind of reason to be online is no longer one of just, I wish to do this for fun. We have so many different social mechanisms and pressures to be online, whether it's just wanting to be informed or whether it's literally tied to your livelihood in that you can't get a job without having some kind of social media presence. So in some ways, being online isn't just like a I'm here and signing up for whatever comes along with it. It is like you are being, in some ways, pressured into being there. And so I think that kind of changes the calculus of, well, you're online, so you're a public figure
0: because you chose to be here. Yeah, I think it gets it gets messy, right? Because for every person who is putting their content into the world on Twitter, a platform that is free to use under the guise of if you're making yourself public, you're making yourself public to the world. Like, there are people who do not want to be used as a source, as basically source material, right, for a piece. But then there's also people who genuinely do. Like, I I always joke, I never hear from more, like, high school classmates, family members than when a dumb tweet of mine ends up in a BuzzFeed listicle. And I, now I we laugh about it, right, because I'm a professional journalist and I do this for a living. But 10 years ago, nine years ago, like, that was that was great. That meant like new Twitter followers for me and new eyeballs on my jokes. And like, who knows, somebody might think I'm funny and hire me one day. And it is, I think, perhaps this is where you and I just shake hands and agree to disagree a little.
1: Yeah, no, of course. But I also know when I was interviewing people about your slip is showing, they actually said that sometimes their tweets would get aggregated and all it did was lead to harassment because the yeah. tweets that were getting aggregated were always some kind of racial analysis. And it was just an easy way for Reddit trolls to find them. These users are very aware of how news cycles treat Twitter and how they use it as some voice of the people via aggregation. But the thing about aggregation, and I know this because I've done it, is is it's really easy to cherry pick anything off Twitter to support your point. There are entire trend pieces based off of like six tweets or one single TikTok. There are actually entire pieces that are based off
0: of a tweet that was a joke. I mean, I'm going to say a single word that I think sums up precisely what you just said, and that word is chuggy. Yes, I knew that was going to be the word. It's yeah, a fake trend. Absolutely. What we're talking about are manufactured narratives, and I think manufactured is is the word of the day when we're talking about this story because that was actually the first question on all of our minds was was this fake was this real was this a bit with will and jada and chris that just didn't land was this the oscars trying to pull one over on us like were the producers truly just as shocked as as all of us after the break we'll be back not to answer
1: any of those questions but to talk about why everybody spent the first few minutes either convincing themselves it was a bit or questioning whether or not it was real. We're also going to talk about our inability to talk about real things and what gets left out when our focus zooms in on a drama like this.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: Hi y'all! If you love our show, and I really hope you do, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. There are so many benefits to subscribing, not least that you'll be supporting our show, which isn't possible without your support. But you also won't get any ads on any Slate podcast, including this one. You'll get bonus segments or episodes on your favorite shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Mom and Dad are Fighting, and Big Moo Little Mood. And you'll also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever hitting the dreaded paywall. If you want to sign up, and I hope you do, you can go to slate.com slash And we're back. So in the immediate aftermath of capital T, capital S, the slap, it was tough to figure out what exactly happened. And I'm gonna, I actually think it might have been tougher for someone who was actually watching it versus me who was watching it filter through other people watching it. Because what I saw as soon as it happened was the uncensored footage come out on Twitter. But if you're just watching it, you're probably just gonna see everything muted because the FCC was like, no. But the
0: FCC, not uh, withstanding, it was hard to tell what was up because the Oscars have conditioned us over truly years, if not decades, depending on how long you've been watching this show, to believe that everything is a bit. Um, I actually wrote a piece about this because, like I said, we're not immune to the take cycle. Um, And I, I wrote a piece about how it was hard to... Believe in that immediate moment afterward that the slap was real because the Oscars are full of planned crap. When Chris Rock hosted the Oscars, his daughter's Girl Scout troop came in to sell cookies. Last year at the Oscars, mm. Glenn Close played a trivia game where she accurately answered one of Questlove's question, and the answer was uh, debut. The classic from uh, Spike Lee's school days. And then they played Debut, and she proceeded to shake her ass. And for a while, people were like, wow, it's so amazing that Glenn Close is such a big Spike Lee fan. She loves EU's Debutt. This was all scripted. But that leaves us
1: with what happened on Sunday night, which is that no one knew how to talk about what had happened in any reasonable way. It's difficult to process and discuss anything when for the first I I think it was up until Will Smith won the best actor about 30 to 45 minutes later that we all realized oh we're not supposed to be laughing right now that was real that really happened oh wow and I know to do what we do you gotta be able to take abuse you gotta be able to have People talk crazy about you. In this business, you got to be able to have people disrespecting you. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay.
0: You know, it immediately became clear, like, oh, this this was real. This was very real. So real, in fact, that by Monday afternoon, Smith had, in fact, posted a formal apology in which he called his behavior unacceptable and inexcusable something, something. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness.
1: Yeah, yeah. And because of how the Oscars, the internet, society in general, has trained us, there we seem to only be able to think in the extremes of this is fake or this is real and therefore it says capital S something about race or society or class or celebrity when sometimes... Two rich people are just beefing
0: on stage in front of all of us. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't even get into the misinformation that also spread in the immediate oh my aftermath of yes. the slap. I'm talking about, there's this photo of Nicole Kidman looking gorgeous, just mouth yes. totally agape, as though she's just watched Will Smith slap Chris Rock, except she hasn't. Further reports would show she had just watched Jessica Chastain enter the room.
1: There's also the, I saw this grid of celebrity reactions where it was like, how each celebrity reacted to this individual moment. The thing about that grid is that it's actually from the year that Moonlight won the Oscar, where it was that moment where we temporarily thought La La Land won and there was that huge fake out. But you wouldn't know that if you weren't on the internet at that point. And I, I think that that is perhaps why that grid of celeb reactions went viral. Because unless you were extremely online five years ago, which I feel we must remind a lot of people listening to this show, there's a whole generation of people on the internet currently who were not extremely online five years ago. Your experience is not the predominant one. You wouldn't know that that was not from
0: this year. You would just assume that, yeah, that's how the celebs reacted. It's not. When we spend all of our time trying to focus on the meaning of this one incident, you know, trying to discern if it's real or not or what does it all mean, I feel like we've lost sight of a lot of other things from the evening that actually were supposed to and did mean things. Capital M.
1: Yeah, famously, I mean famously, Chris Rock was announcing Best Documentary, which the Summer of Soul won, which is the documentary of the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, which was directed by Questlove actually famously an incredible movie that unearthed this, like, event that had been largely lost to history. And his acceptance speech was beautiful. It was incredible. I didn't see it until everyone started saying, we are all losing sight of Questlove's incredible speech. And I was like, you know what? I did lose sight of Questlove's incredible speech. You're right.
0: What you're describing, I think, is what a lot of people online have been feeling in the wake of this incident, right? Is that there is... A discomfort here. We watched something dramatic happen for a whole bunch of reasons that we, not being Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett Smith or Will Smith, we don't have answers to and we'll probably never get answers to. And that's uncomfortable. It is. It is. And also an experience we should
1: all become perhaps more comfortable dealing with because I cannot tell you the amount of things I encounter daily on the internet that I'm just like, you know what? I don't understand. And I probably never will. And that's fine. Maybe perhaps the answer here is that you should keep all this shit contained to your group chat. Well, (laughs) unless you host a podcast. All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Saturday. We promise we will not talk about the Oscars. Actually, I'm getting a note from our producer that I cannot promise that. We might be talking about the Oscars. Subscribe to find out. Please leave a rating and review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can also follow us on Twitter at pod, where we will never tweet a half-baked take. You can also DM us your questions, like... The Slap? Also feel free to email us at iCYMI at slate.com.
0: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank, and Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate podcasts. See you online. Or at the Oscars.
1: The new aesthetic of the Roaring Twenties. I don't know why we're so pretending we're in the Warring. Like, I don't know why we're so pretending. We are in the Warring
0: Twenties. That's true. <laughs>
1: Damn, my my mispronunciation ended up making a poignant point.
0: <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.